Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage get for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, and football is finally back. This week, all 32 teams get into camp. Right now, pretty much all the quarterbacks and rookies are in camp for these teams. Mm-hmm. And then in a few days, all the veterans will be back, and then it'll be full swing. Mm-hmm. So finally, we don't have to talk about all kinds of stuff that they're kind of headlines. You got you to gotta bring it up because it's July 2nd. Nothing's happening in the NFL. There's actual football being played i watched patrick mahomes throw football today i feel good about it uh and and so we can move on we can finally move forward with a lot of the camp battles that we'll get into we'll talk about both conferences kind of give an overall primer some thoughts on what we think might happen so we have a lot to talk about and of course if you're watching on facebook live please by all means comment if you have a question if Mm -hmm. we will happily get to it if we can um we'd love, love to interact with you so please I'll go ahead and bring it up. And if you're listening, well, sorry, but join us next week on Facebook Live. Yeah, and okay. You can ask us a question then. You can email. You can tweet. Come on. Right, exactly. It's 2018. You can, you can get hold of Find us. Find a way to communicate. <laughs> so, first things first. For you, training camp begins this week. Yeah. What is a headline that grabs your attention as we head into late July? Well, first of all, I want to say hi to John and Gary and Clyde in the chat. It's a regular little party here. Football's back. What I like to hear. All right. Um, I don't know. Like, the, I tend to not get too hyped up about the first initial wave of training camp just because there's so much more that has to happen so you know right away we're going to get everybody talking about training camp people who are going to get cut who are the veterans who are going to be out there uh des bryant still isn't signed yeah. so that's a storyline to kind of pay attention to uh overreacting to rookies that's going to be a big one you know, the first time Saquon Barkley takes a carry and trucks some guy, it's going to be, oh, man, get the bust ready. Put him in Canton. Here we go. So it's that, it, the rookies overreacting to that. And unfortunately, a storyline to pay attention to is always the injuries. Somebody, some big name is going to, you know, tear an Achilles. They're going to rupture some kind of tendon. It always happens. You know, you break a bone. These guys haven't had contact for how many months? Yep. They stay in great shape. It's just these things happen, you know, when you when the body's been shut down, even for as short a period of time as football players do from the end of the season until now. You talk about guys from Tampa Bay and Oakland who haven't played since December, you know, 
They're getting out there now. So that, to me, is going to be something to pay attention to is the injuries because that's when the story of the season starts to take shape because a guy goes down, and then you're like, uh-oh, Chargers don't have Mike Williams. Uh-oh, the Giants don't have, you know, this offensive lineman. Nate Soldier goes down. Speculative. But, you know, a guy goes down yeah. like that, all of a sudden it's a different ball game. Well, you bring up uh, what I was going to say, and, and so I'll piggyback off of it. Look. Everybody gets so wrapped up in some fifth-round rookie who makes a great one-handed catch. <laughs> yeah. And what a play. Look, it's training camp. Nobody's getting lit up across the middle mm-hmm. in training camp. Okay, Guys are a little bit more brave going across the middle when they know that they're not going to get hit, and it's a glorified seven-on-seven draw. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do I read camp reports and say, wow, you know, this guy is going to come out of nowhere and shock everybody. If he's been in the league five years and he's really not been a big-time player and all of a sudden it's like he's having a great camp. I wouldn't get too excited about that. Mm-hmm. To me, the thing that matters, and you hit a nail on the head, I wrote about it and stacked the box on, on my column and on fan-sided uh, Monday morning, is, to me, injuries are all that matter in training camp. Mm-hmm. That is it. And the same goes for preseason. I don't care if my team will lose 50 to nothing all four of those games and nobody gets hurt. It doesn't matter. And that's the thing. Look, I remember a couple of years ago when Jeremy Macklin was on the Eagles, yeah. towards ACL the first day of camp. Hunter Henry's already out for the season mm-hmm. for the Chargers. A lot of times, just non-contact. Guys just, you know, it's, it's like taking your car out and going from zero to 100. Your car might be okay 90% of the time, even if it's not great for it, but there might be those times where something blows out in the engine. Yeah. And it's got to get fixed. And so that, I think that's a, a pretty good analogy, at least I would hope it is, for what happens to these guys. You mentioned them and hitting months. Mm-hmm. Even though they keep themselves in great shape, your body's just not used to getting hit by another guy who's 250 pounds and in great shape, right? So that is always the thing to watch. But to further that, there are some teams that are more susceptible to injuries than others. And one of them, the New England Patriots. Okay, last year, for an example, Derek River. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Uh, he was their first pick. He was the third-round pick. They didn't have first or second-round choices. He tore his ACL out for the year. He's now back. But they have Tom Brady, who's 41 years old. You don't worry about contact with him, but yeah. you know, non-contact. And then, of course, Gronk, who, as big and as strong as he is, is always nicked mm-hmm. up. Going into camp last year, everybody thought New England was going to be the preeminent team in the AFC. They'd get to the Super Bowl, they'd win the Super Bowl, and they fulfilled half of that. Mm-hmm. They got there, they lost. Do you see them as the preeminent favorite again in the AFC in 2018? I see them as the default favorite. I see them as there's not really anybody else there that lights me on fire where you're like, oh, yeah, Pittsburgh's going to do. I mean, we've talked for weeks about how Pittsburgh isn't what we think that they are, isn't who everybody says that they are. So to me, to say that the Patriots are the favorite is almost, I don't want to say lazy, but it's not interesting because it's just the way that it is. You know, they're not going to be able there's nobody out. There's nobody else out there, in my opinion, who is going to challenge them unless it's the Chiefs, unless it's the Texans maybe unless an injury happens you know a stiff wind might knock Gronk out the way that we've seen him play over the years so New England is the default I guess that's where we're at here in the AFC until somebody 
emerges to challenge them. And that to me is going to be the most exciting part. But for now, I don't, I don't know who that's going to be. Yeah, look, I agree. I think it's a great term, the fall favorite, because I don't look at them as a very strong roster. I know Brady's great, okay? And look, I have this theory that if you have a top 10 coach and you have a top 10 quarterback, unless your roster is a sieve mm. everywhere else, you're a playoff team. Yeah. You're a playoff team every single year if you have two things, and they arguably have the best of both. Mm -hmm. So they're always going to be in the mix. But the problem is, I don't care how great Brady is, I don't care how much TB12 water he drinks, and all the rest of this crap, he's 41 years old come August 3rd. Mm -hmm. At some juncture, he's going to take a hit he can't handle. Yeah. His arms are going to start to slow down. I mean, the wheels are just going to start to come off, even if they're not like with Peyton Manning where the wheels just fell off overnight. A cliff dive. Yes. I mean, you know, the wheels are going to, at some point here, start to come off, or at least the train's going to slow down. Edelman's already suspended for four games. I look at that defense. Look, we watched the Super Bowl together in the fan side office. With Malcolm Butler off the field, they couldn't stop Philly at all. Mm -mm. And, and as great as Philly is, let's be real. I mean, Philadelphia's offense isn't exactly a juggernaut. They couldn't stop them. Okay. I have real reservations about New England. But again, as you mentioned, you, you look at the rest of the conference. So who's going to challenge them? My guess is, I don't think it's Pittsburgh because I don't think Pittsburgh can stop anybody Ooh. either. I think it's going to be a team like Kansas City, Houston, Los Angeles, maybe Jacksonville, that maybe is a little under the radar. That everything kind of goes their way. They don't have a lot of injuries. Mm -hmm. The quarterback has a great year. You know, something like that. Because I don't think Pittsburgh's that good defensively. I think they're great offensively. But I wonder if that's enough. It wasn't last year. I think the Pats are the favorite. I don't think the Pats are an overwhelming favorite like they were last year. Yeah. Because I could see them getting into a playoff game. And even if Brady's still great, them losing 41-38. just can't get off the field. Well, the Jacksonville game, the AFC Championship game, they should have lost that game. They should have. Like, a blown I – mean, I'm not getting into the conspiracy theories for Duval. I'm not going to indulge. But, you know, that whistle that blew when Miles Jack was taking back that – whoever it was, that was it. That was Miles Jack. Yeah. That, that was ball game. That would have been it. And that would, we've been having a whole different conversation about the Patriots right now about the AFC, but that's not the case. So we're stuck kind of in this endless cycle of it's going to be the Patriots in the Super Bowl next year. It's going to be Tom Brady doing his Tom Brady thing until the wheels fall off. But we've been saying that for how many years? A I mean, decade. When they started slow last year, okay, when they lose to Kansas City in the opening game, they get roasted at home on national television. It's, up. Oh, this is the end. They, get, they stumble a little bit out of the gate. This is it. This is the end of the dynasty. Finally, yep. it's come to an end. They trade Garoppolo. The sky is falling. And then they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, they lost, but they got back to the Super Bowl. So that can't be discounted. And to me, I agree with you. It's going to be a team that I don't think we see as a favorite to knock off the Patriots. I don't think it's going to be Jacksonville. I think it's going to be maybe Houston. I think you got to keep an eye on maybe somebody in that AFC East. I don't know if you know the Dolphins want to get it together or not. But all it takes is one stumble by the Patriots, and all of a sudden, we saw it last year, the, the Bills smelled blood in the water, and they tried to go for it. Now, they weren't going to catch the Patriots, but if you get a Tom Brady injury and you get a team like the Bills, not Josh Allen, but like the Bills, you might have something going on there. But it, it's going to be a team we don't see coming. I agree with you except for the fact that the AFC East <laughs> – is a flaming dumpster fire. Now, to you, to, I, I like Sam Donald. <laughs> to your point, nobody thought the Bills were doing anything to be having mm -hmm. a top-two pick next year, and, and they ended up going 10-6. and six. Now, of course, they were the Bills, and they traded away half the team, and the other half the team retired. Yeah. And whatever. <laughs> we won't get into Josh Allen. I've, I've made my, uh, my feelings on that very clear. I actually think if anybody's going to be good in that division, I actually do think the Jets might be a, a, a decent – I don't think the challenge is New England, no. but I mean – 
Todd in, Bowles. in terms of outperforming what people mm-hmm. expect them to oh, be. Yeah. I think the secondary is good. I love Darnold's potential. The problem is I don't think there's a lot of round Darnold, so I think it's going to take a few years. If I had to look, like one team we have not talked about at all is Tennessee. Tennessee's got a new head coach. Mm-hmm. They bring in a whole new offensive system. You've been talking to Matt LaFleur, the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, for what feels like forever. So they're interesting. But I think it's going to be, again, one of those teams that like people are like, yeah, but but the butt doesn't develop. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, you know, they got a really good team. And offensively, the, the problem in the AFC is every single team has a strength that we've talked about, but they all have gigantic flaws. Yeah. Pittsburgh has a big offense. I don't know if they can stop anybody. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, the exact same thing. And, of course, you don't know what Mahomes is going to be quite yet. The Chargers, they're the Chargers. I know that sounds like a couch flaw, but it's every year with them. Yeah. They have injuries. They blow games they should never blow. I don't know if Anthony Lynn's a good coach yet. And, quite honestly, the one thing with the Chargers that does scare me is that offensive line. Mm-hmm. That line has a lot of questions. I like that they brought in Pouncey at center, but the tackles are still big-time question marks, and Rivers isn't getting out of the pocket. If they get around the edge, he's getting hit. So, if you said Patriots are the field, I'd take the field. Mm-hmm. If you said, give me one team if you had to bet your life on against the Super Bowl, it would be the Pats. But I will end on this. Keep in mind, New England, if they got to the Super Bowl this year, it would be only the third team in history to go to a Super Bowl three years in a row. Mm. The Dolphins did it in 71, 72, 73. Obviously, the perfect season there in 72. And the Bills did it from 90 to 93 and, of course, famously lost all four. Yeah. I don't think that New England is getting back because I just think it is so hard to mm-hmm. do that. They've Obviously, even as great as they've been, they haven't gone three years in a row. Um, but right now, I, I don't know which of those teams it's going to be. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick, I think Houston's most complete. But again, that flaw is their injuries. Watt, merciless, mm-hmm. coming off huge injuries. Honey Badger was healthy last year, but he's had a lot in the past. Deshaun Watson's had two torn ACLs, one in college, one last season. Those are, those are things that matter. Mm-hmm. But I think New England's vulnerable as they were not for a lo- large part of last season. Yeah, Adam Ramirez agrees with us mostly. He says San Diego, Denver, Kansas City, Houston, and Jacksonville are the teams. One of those you know things what? is not like the other. But, but let's, let's quickly touch on that, though. Denver. Mm-hmm. Okay, now look. First of all, Adam, thanks for the comment. Okay, I appreciate the feedback. Second of all, the Broncos are interesting from this standpoint. They bring in Keenum. Mm-hmm. We both agree. I don't think Keenum's going all pro here, but he's better than Simeon. Yeah. He, oh, he's, yeah. he's better than Osweiler, right? So they're better at the most important position on the field. My question with Denver is, Akeem Tlaib is gone. Mm-hmm. You could argue that Chris Harris is a better corner, but they have nobody who can replace him. Roby is a good player, but he's not to leave. They bring in Chubb, so there's a potential there to have a really good pass rush again. The problem with Denver for me is you've got to sell me on that offense. Even though Keenum's better, Thomas and Sanders are both decent, but they're on the wrong side of 30. They have no tight end. The offensive line's bad, and the running back situation's up in the air. Royce Freeman I like to pick, but we don't know what he's going to be. Can you make a case for me that they're better than the third team in that division? Uh, I don't know. It's the, the AFC West is interesting to me because it was the same deal as it was last year where you just don't know who's going to win. Like Kansas City jumps out to a nice big lead in the division, and then the – Stop playing the, for a month and yeah, a half. Yeah, bottom falls that was out. Fun. They lose to you know, New York and all that. They lost to all three of those New York teams yeah. in three straight weeks. That was awesome. Oh, I remember. I'm I bet still you a little do. deaf from all the shots. I still have, I still have <laughs> trauma from that Giants game. But that's the um, yeah, I think if we're talking about teams that you shouldn't necessarily sleep on or teams that I think people are going to be unfairly mean to as we break down who's going to win, who's not going to win, Denver firmly falls in the category of 
they might unfairly get categorized as a team that's going to go through a lost season this year. I don't think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I am iffy on them competing for a wild card spot, but you never know in that division. You know, who knows? You said it yourself. Who knows what happens with Kansas City's defense? We don't know what Patrick Mahomes is. Yep. That offensive line in, San, or, uh, in Los Angeles, San Diego, in Los Angeles, don't know what it is. Phillip Rivers, we talk about a guy, people being one hit away. You know, he's tough as nails, but you never know. He's getting up there too. He's older just like Eli. And then Oakland. You know, John Gruden couldn't be getting the last laugh here. You don't know what's going on there. And Denver is not the team they were last year, okay? Like you said, Keenum's better. The defense, I think, is going to get back into a position where it can be a little more ferocious than it was. They gave up last year because they knew that they didn't have a quarterback. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. And they weren't going to put their bodies out there Agreed. for Paxton Lynch, for Trevor Simeon, for Brock Osweiler 2.0. That that's just wasn't right. going to happen. People got mad at me when I said it at the time, and they can kill me for it all they want. When Paxton Lynch cried on the <laughs> sideline in Oakland, it. it was over. That was it. And I know he was hurt. I get it. I know he had a sprained ankle. I understand all that. Guys come off the field with broken legs all the time mm-hmm. they're not crying. And I know you could say, well, everybody handles it differently. Look. Here's a hard truth about the NFL. These guys are not like the rest of us in mm-hmm. terms of they're crazy on the field. Off the field, yeah, they're human beings like all of us. Mm-hmm. But these guys play through pain. They play through injury. They expect you to play unless it's to a point where you literally physically can't get out there. Paxton Lynch crying over a sprained ankle, that's over. Yeah, there, There's no coming back from that. And I think they knew it. And they went and I got Keenum. We didn't talk about the Raiders. We don't really have to go that into it. I don't. You could say, well, the Raiders are a sleeper. Gruden, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. The wild division's card. up in the I'd air. I'd say wild card, not a sleeper. I just, I, I, I'll be honest. Look, forget the Gruden stuff for a minute. That defense, I just can't get past mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You know, at least Denver, look, you know Denver's got a good defense. The Chargers have pieces to be a very good defense. Even Kansas City, while I will say flat out, I don't know what they're going to be defensively. There's guys on that defense who can play. There's Berry. There's Houston. There's Chris Jones. There's Ragland. There's Hitchens. Like, there's Kendall Fuller. They at least hit the pieces where if a few things go right, you go, okay, their, their defense is decent. The Raiders, it's Mac, and it's just so many questions. That unless everything comes up aces, I don't see them beating one of these teams with a big offense. But yeah, uh, good call on Denver. Denver is a team that should be better than it was last year. I think so. You want to talk about the NFC? Let's do it. Let's hop over to the NFC. Who is the favorite in the NFC for you, Verderam? Because we talk about it. We, I mean, we all the way back to the, the playoffs last year about how much more exciting the NFC is than the AFC. We just kind of briefly touched on it with it's the Patriots by default in the AFC, and that's not a whole lot of fun. The fun is in who's going to dethrone them. Yep. Flip it over to the NFC. It's just a you know, snow globe that's been shook up, and you don't know who's going to go. Maybe the Rams are good. The Falcons bounced back last year. You've got wild cards out there like Detroit, Tampa Bay, Dallas. You don't know what you're going to get. Who is the favorite in your mind in the NFC right now? That is really like, – it's just, I guess, why we made this a topic. Uh, it's really hard. Because unlike the AFC, there's a lot of good teams in the NFC. Oh, yeah. A lot. Of, like, like if I picked the seventh best team in the NFC and put them in the AFC, they're immediately the biggest threat to the, to the oh, past, yeah. right? So I will say the Saints. I – you know, you and I were in lockstep this last year. We both mm-hmm. thought that they might be the best team in the NFC. And I will forever believe, if it was not for that Minneapolis miracle, oh, yeah. that they would have won the Super Bowl now. That's unfair to Philadelphia because Philadelphia won. They played great. The Eagles mm-hmm. were awesome. And a lot of people say, why not the Eagles? It's disrespect. It's not that. I think the Eagles are really good. I think Peterson can coach. I think they've got a great defense. 
I think Wentz will come back and he'll be okay from the knee. But it's so hard to repeat. Mm-hmm. Teams don't do it. You know, the Pats were the last one to do it in 3 or 4 I think Breeze is still at the peak of his powers despite being older. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I think they finally have a defense. Yeah. Okay, they traded a lot to get Marcus Davenport. Okay, in my, in my <laughs> yeah. column, yeah. I did a power rankings on the 12 players that are most intriguing to watch in camp. He was one of them. Mm-hmm. I think when you trade that much, a first-round pick, you, you better be good. Yeah. You better be real good immediately because their window's not that long because of Breeze's age. But if he's good, you have him and Cam Jordan, one of the most underrated players in the league. Okay, you have Rankins inside, a former first-round pick out of Louisville. Excellent player. And then you have Marshawn Lattimore, who to me is an up-and-coming superstar at corner. And Marcus Williams, everybody will remember him for that mistake he made in Minnesota. He had a really good rookie year. I think the Saints, to me, the only downside for the Saints is that division is brutal. It is a very good division where I think the East is considerably easier for Philly. But I like the Saints a lot. I think they have the best roster, 1-53 through in the league. Yeah, we got... uh... Anthony Piasecki, I hope I said your last name right, I don't know. Uh, Falcons and the Cowboys, he says. So that's interesting because we're staying in the NFC South. The yep. Falcons, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, they add Calvin Ridley. That defense is already one of the fastest, most exciting defenses in football with Dan Quinn leading it. You got guys like Keanu Neal. I, I, I really do like that defense in Atlanta. You talk about being able to replicate what he did with the Legion of Boom, Dan Quinn, in Seattle brings that down to Atlanta now guys that you didn't really weren't really high on in the draft I mean they read well in the draft you're looking at at the at the reports and the scouting reports but they weren't home run names yes. who are now household commodities for that Falcons defense I do like the way that though the, the offense and the defense really matches up we talk about in the AFC the Texans they have a flaw the Chiefs they have a flaw even the Patriots have a flaw it all seems to be defensively. You don't know what you're going to get. Here with the Falcons, you got a good offense and you got a good defense. That, to me, has the makings of another good Matt Ryan year. Like, they came close last year. That game in Philly, if they call a couple, they should have won. You call a couple of plays differently at the goal line there. Say what you will about Sarkeesian, but he did decent last season for all the crap that he got. Now that we're in a second year of that, I'm excited to see how the Falcons do. Because the Saints, I agree with you, are a favorite in the South. But if there is a challenger to the entire conference, to the Packers, to the Vikings, to the Eagles, it's the Falcons. Good defense, good offense. I agree. The only reason I didn't make the Falcons my favorite was because I don't know with Sarkeesian. Mm -hmm. That offense took a step back last year. At times, they were really dysfunctional in the red zone. That's my concern. I feel like it got better as the year went on, and that gives me hope for this year. Look, I think the Falcons, if I had to pick a number two, they'd be it. I think the Falcons are really good across the board. One area that does concern me, because – Actually, before I can get that, you're right about the defense. They're extremely underrated. Mm-hmm. Desmond Trufant is a top-notch corner. Deion Jones is a very good player. Okay, he's one of the fastest linebackers in the league. Vic he can cover. Vic Beasley's an awesome player. They did lose Adrian Claiborne and Don Terry Poe. And, look, Poe at this point of his career is not the same player he was four or five years ago, but he's a decent player. Claiborne is a guy last year, I believe, at nine and a half sacks. Because eight of them came against the Cowboys. Yeah, my God. And Byron Bell at left tackle. It was, I've never seen somebody get beat that bad in my life. I can't believe they even – I can't believe they didn't cut him after that. That being said, that's my one area of concern for Atlanta is that the line, just like with the Saints, it's linebacker. Okay, I have my concerns there because if they can't get pressure, I don't care how good your corners are, eventually somebody's going to get open. But I love the Falcons. I'm with you. I think for sure a playoff team. I think they're more complete than a team like a Green Bay. Um, now – to address the other point by Anthony with Dallas, the only concern I have with the, I should, let me rephrase. 
the concerns I have with the Cowboys. <laughs> I know that defensively, I like their front seven a lot. I actually think that's the strength of the team. I have no idea what you're getting at at secondary. That secondary scares me to death. And quite honestly, if, if Dak has to throw the ball, they're, they're screwed. Because they have nobody. Bryant's out now. Witten retired. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Cole Beasley's not doing it for me. No. Like, you need something more than that. I have major questions. If it, teams are just going to stack the box and say, you need to beat a strong football. Mm-hmm. And while I think Dallas is a, is a talented team, I just don't think they're on the same level as the Saints, the Falcons. And the next team I want to get to, the Vikings, mm-hmm. who we haven't talked about, who you could also make an argument has the most complete roster in the NFL. Yeah. I would put them, along with the Saints and the Falcons, on the same tier, and I might put the Rams there with them. Uh, but the Vikings, they get Dalvin Cook back. Yep. Kirk Cousins comes in. Case Keenum was very good last year, but Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. Mm-hmm. You have Thielen, you have Rudolph, you have Diggs. The offensive line is a concern with the Vikings. But that defense is stacked. Mm-hmm. So the Vikings, do you put them behind the Saints and the Falcons? Do you put them in the mix? Where do you fall in Minnesota? Your home state? Well, Jason Van Heel, it was brought up in the chat that the Saints are, you know, people are agreeing with, with the Saints. And then Jason Van Heel, who has a big old Vikings logo as his picture says, Vikings beat them twice. Which is true. They did. Vikings beat them twice. So, and the conversation here was about the Saints' defense not being as good as the Vikings. And I think that that's the linchpin there. That is what made the Vikings so deadly last year. That is why they could get to the NFC Championship game with Case freaking Keenum as their quarterback. With the backup running back. They lose the starting running back. They lose their starting quarterback. That was a team that should not have gone where it went last year. But that's a testament to Mike Zimmer, and that's a testament to the defense, just how good it was. The the, the no-fly zone that they have with Xavier Rhodes and all those guys, the Trey Wayans, all those guys back there. And it got better. They drafted another cornerback. Like, they're just going for it. They're going to smother teams, and they get a quarterback who's more more than just a game manager. That's what Case Keenum was. He was able to stay out of his own way. We were waiting for the other shoe to drop. Unfortunately, it dropped in the biggest game of the season, in the NFC Championship game, which there's nothing to say that that won't happen with Kirk Cousins. Okay? He's never played in an NFC Championship game. One playoff game. One playoff game. they lost. So there's nothing to say that Kirk Cousins is the savior. He is, however, a better option than they had. So the flaws to me still exist in Minnesota, but they were so small. It was like the Death Star in Star Wars. He just had to get the little thing, just a little little exhaust port to have the whole thing blow up. I know what that is. Well. Like literally, I've never seen Star Wars once in my life, which probably alienated half people watching this. Uh, no clue. Well, but I'll take your word for it. There you go. I know but, you're a Star Wars guy. Look, but Philly hit it, and that's the thing, and it blew the whole thing up. So, and I don't know if there's a thing that there's a team out there that is going to figure out the Vikings. But my my to my Vikings fans back home, and to the Vikings fans out there, these things don't tend to happen two years in a row. Okay, and the '98 Vikings should have gone to the Super Bowl too, at the greatest offense in football history. What did they do in '99? Nothing. Okay, last year felt like a really special year. But now, you know, it's the same thing with quarterbacks that have a really good year. Dak Prescott, you mentioned him. Really good in his rookie year. Defenses figure him out. Keenum. Going into this year. Yeah, Keenum. Figure him out. Like, the fact that the Vikings say, ah, we don't want him. Mm -hmm. It would scare me if I'm in Denver. But that's a whole other Yeah, but, like, teams have had an offseason now to see or to say, okay, that's what the Vikings are. All right, they're adding Kirk Cousins. It's not like they're bringing in Aaron Rodgers, okay? 
Teams have had an entire offseason to say, this is what they're about. This is what their defense is. Let's try to beat them. They can game plan. So I don't know if last season can be replicated to the same level of success. And, and I'm a big Mike Zimmer guy. But look, and, and I like Kirk Cousins. The mm-hmm. question is, though, for me, is he as good as they're going to need him to be to go through that gauntlet of a conference? And yeah. For, and, and look, let's just address the elephant in the room, Minnesota, because I think Minnesota is a very good team. I mm-hmm. mean, I would put him top three in the league, okay? The problem is, is he better than Breeze? No, he's not. Mm-hmm. Is he better than Matt Ryan? No, he's not. And Matt Ryan and Drew Breeze have been to the Super Bowl. Again, a Breeze a lifetime yep. ago, Ryan two years ago. I know what I'm getting there. I have no idea if Kirk Cousins can do that. And that's the big question. Like, he got a great deal for himself, and, and God bless him, $84 million. But he got it because he was one of the rare quarterbacks who, to his credit, took two tags yep. and played him out and got himself the free agent. Got himself a boatload of money. Bet on himself and he won good for him. And, and to be frank, that's the biggest reason I don't know what I think of the Rams. Like mm-hmm. Jared Goff, look, our job, and my job specifically as the NFL editor here at Fanside, is to sit down and watch tape of all these teams. And I do that. I take it seriously. And I watched a lot of Goff tape last year. Goff was wildly better than he was as a rookie. Goff still misses a ton of throws. And I don't know. Like, they got to the playoffs, they lost mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. As great as McVay is, you can only scheme so much. At some point, you got to make big plays offensively. Now, I think the Rams' defense is absurd. Peters and Tlaib and Sue and Donald. I mean, that mm-hmm. defense. There's not any defense in the league that has bigger superstars than that. Now, that defense also could get into a league-wide fist fight come week eight. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to happen. Training camp. Yeah. <laughs> now, Wade Phillips running it, I think, is, is yeah. going to hold it all together. I think he's the glue there. But offensively, look, I like the Rams. Gurley's great. I'm not sure about Goff. The offensive line is, is okay. It's decent. Whitworth was a big pickup for them last year. Can anybody name the receivers behind Brandon Cooks? I mean, Cooper Cup, okay. But, is, you know, Cooper Cup is okay. Mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks is a very good player who's on his third team in three years. I think the Rams are good. But the Rams have a lot of question marks that I don't think those other three teams we talked about do. Mm-hmm. And finally, let's just get to them. We haven't even talked about the Packers. Mm-mm. How often has it been the NFC the last 10 years? You've been talking about the NFC contenders 15 years or 15, 15 years, 15 minutes. <laughs> that would be a health conversation. And having gotten Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, do you see the Packers as a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Trust me, I'm a Bucks fan. I've been having a conversation with myself for 15 years about it. That is a long conversation <laughs> about not winning. Um, yeah, the Packers thing really highlights to me Mike McCarthy and his inability to do anything with Aaron Rodgers. Now, Michelle Bruton was on here a couple of weeks ago and kind of defended McCarthy. She's a Packers fan. And there's been Packers fans out there that have said it's not McCarthy, it's not Rodgers, everybody's reading too far into it. But this kind of highlights here what we're talking about. All of these teams have now swelled to the top, the Rams, the Vikings, the, the Falcons, the Saints, the Eagles with Nick Foles at quarterback. Now they're getting Carson Wentz back. Yep. The Packers' window might have closed and we might not know it like that window for winning a championship might be done what do they do to get better on defense they drafted a couple of kids who could be really good could be laying a foundation for a couple of good cornerbacks in the one-year deal but we don't know you Muhammad Wilkins on a one-year deal who knows are you are we gonna live again year to year on the Packers is this little LeBron James thing with Aaron Rodgers where it's year to year you're trying to bring in a team that can win you a championship while these other teams like the Rams the Eagles they're building teams to be good for years to come. They're not living year to year. Now, of course, the big variable here is Aaron Rodgers. He's the best quarterback in football. The Packers, by that, because of that, are one of the most improved teams in the league because they're getting Rodgers back. Correct. If he's at 100%, 
you have to consider them for a playoff spot. But even now, even if he's back, I don't know what you're going to get from that team because defensively, it's the thing we were talking about with the AFC. They can get into a game with the Vikings, but who's to say that they're going to win because that defense can't hold down Kirk Cousins? Like, that's embarrassing if you're a Packers fan. And the NFC North, much. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Like the South is loaded. Oh, yeah. The Bears are a lot better. Stafford and the Lions. The Bear, and, and the Lions, with the Lions, to me, if they get, ever get Stafford any help, they go to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I mean... You want to, one day I'm writing that long form about just how they have just perpetually for 30 years between him and Sanders and Megatron. They can't win a playoff game with all those guys, but that's either here nor there. Uh, I don't expect them to this year either, although I do think they're a little frisky. Um, the Bears are a lot better, though. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Bears are a playoff team yet, but the Bears are in the right direction. They're going to be better offensively. Matt Nagy, believe me, I, I mm-hmm. watch the Chiefs. I'm a Chief fan. That guy could coach. He's going to be a good coach in Chicago. There's no easy uh, wins in the NFC North. There's not. There's not anymore. Now, the Packers, to get back to this, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contender unless one thing happens. Those two cornerbacks that they drafted, mm-hmm. Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander, they've got to be really good right away. Because if they're not, they're going to give a 400 yards passing a game with that team. Mm-hmm. The pass rush is okay. It's nothing great. Nick Perry's a good player. Clay Matthews at this point is declining. I don't know that, you know, Mike Daniels is a good player, but Mike Daniels isn't a preeminent pass yeah. rusher. Okay. Same thing with Muhammad Wilkerson. I look at the Packers' defense and just go, eh, like, it's okay, but if those corners aren't really good, it's it's got too many holes to succeed in that conference. The offense, Devontae Adams is an up-and-coming star at receiver. I have no idea what's happening with the running backs. Mm-hmm. I just – I look at the Packers and say they're good. I, I think they make the playoffs because of Rodgers. But I think in a playoff game, they're probably an underdog against a lot of these teams because these teams yeah. are just better. And I think lastly, we have to talk about the Eagles. Mm-hmm. We haven't really gotten into them. We can wrap up the NFC side of this discussion with them. But I, I like the Eagles a lot. I think Wentz will come back and they'll be healthy. We've seen, you know, guys even 20 years ago, they tore their ACL. You didn't know if they'd come back. Now mm-hmm. it seems like, okay, eight or nine months are back. I don't know that I think the Eagles are going to repeat. I don't even know that I think the Eagles are going to win that division again. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because I don't think they're good, but it is just so, so hard. Yeah. To do that time and time again. I'd pick them to win the NFC East. I do think they're vulnerable to some degree. I worry about their corners. As good as that pass rush is, as great as it is, I'm concerned about the secondary, and I'm concerned about Alshon Jeffrey has a history of getting hurt. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar has a history of being really average. I don't know offensively. Like Zach Ertz better be really good again. He has mm-hmm. to be. And he, he probably will be. But I could see the, the issues in Philly. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to be blind to that just because they won the Super Bowl. We do this all the time. Like, this is a thing that happens in football every single year. The same two teams that went to the Super Bowl last year are going to go to the Super Bowl again this year. And like you've said numerous times, it almost never it doesn't happen. happens. When was the last time we had a, an honest-to-God repeat in the Super Bowl where both teams got back? I mean, I'm... 92-93. There you go. Dallas and Buffalo. So... These things don't happen. 
They don't happen that often. So this is to the Jaguars fans. This is to all these teams that did really – Rams fans. These teams that did really well last year, that was in the past. Let's move forward now. Teams have had an entire offseason to game plan. Nobody had the Eagles doing what they did last year. But Doug Peterson and his staff, they spent the whole offseason looking at that division – looking at the conference, improving, picking t- players that are cut right around this time of year in training camp who are either cap casualties or players that teams maybe have lost some faith in but might still yep. have some tread on the tires. The Eagles and Howie Roseman were able to identify those guys for a couple of years, bring them in, and they were able to put together a Super Bowl winner. So we're, we're not thinking about a team right now that is doing what the Eagles did last year, yep. who are going to go out, they're going to go through training camp, they're going to put together a team, they're going to put the polishing touches on a team that's going to compete. Now, I think, sticking in the NFC East, that team might be the New York Giants. I'm with you, 100%. Look at that defense, where it was last year, kind of the Broncos effect, where they're like, what's going on here? Like, you know, Ben McAdoo's benching Eli Manning. What are we going to go out and play for? You had injuries there. You had question marks. We've had a season to kind of turn things over. You know, Pat Shermer's in town now. They draft Saquon Barkley. There are things going on in New York here that Giants fans should be really excited about. And like you said, the Eagles, a little vulnerable. You don't know what the Cowboys are doing. You don't know what the Redskins are doing. There's no easy wins in that division. Like, the Eagles no. should have lost to the Giants twice last year. Yeah, I so, mean, they really could have. And, look, now that Ben McAdoo is not on the sidelines in MetLife and he's <laughs> back where he belongs at the Bada Bing. Gambino okay. crime family. Yeah, he's back at Sats Reality. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Look, now, now that he's back where he belongs, mm-hmm. Pat Shermer comes in, reports are Odell Beckham, and he really have hit it off. Yep. Okay, the Giants are a dangerous team because that offense should be very good. They mm-hmm. finally have addressed this offensive line with Nate Solder and Will Hernandez. And we don't have to go too far into it, but the Giants two years ago had one of the best defenses in football. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to change. Like, to me, that, a lot of that talent is still there. The Giants can still be that defense. So, look, the Giants are a team. Everybody goes, oh, you guys are crazy, 3-13. and 13. Did you see Jacksonville last year? Like, the NFL, like, people, this isn't the NBA, mm-hmm. okay? The NFL is a year-to-year proposition. Teams rise, teams fall. It happens all the time. Very few teams stay where they are. When Seattle won a Super Bowl, a handful of years ago, everybody said, it's a dynasty. Mm. It's going to be a dynasty. Yeah, well, I'm waiting for that second ring, and now they're going 5-11 and 11 this yep. year. Okay, we didn't even mention them in this conversation. You, you look at Jacksonville, everybody's picking Jacksonville to go to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be shocked. Jacksonville went 7-9. Mm-hmm. Blake Bortles is the quarterback. Harder schedule. By the way, look, and I'm not taking it away from Jacksonville. Jacksonville, okay, they beat Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. and they they roasted them in Hinesfield, and they give them a lot of credit for that. They almost didn't get that game because Bortles threw for 84 yards in the wild card game against Buffalo, and Mm -hmm. let's be honest, in the worst football game ever (laughs) witnessed. That was rough. So, I mean, let's just be honest. If they played anybody but Buffalo in that game, Mm -hmm. if they played the Chargers in that game, Mm -hmm. they lose. They go home. We're not even talking about Jacksonville. So – in any event, let's move on to camp battles. But just keep in mind, NFL, year to year. Um, speaking of year to year, Tyrod Taylor last year yeah. was in that awful playoff he game. He lost. Almost won. And that is, that <laughs> is the, the spice of life, guys. Is, you know, some things turn on a dime. Yeah. They win that game. Maybe a lot of things don't change in Buffalo. But they lost that game. He didn't play particularly well. But mm-hmm. I, to be fair to him, how could he have with yeah. that offense? He now finds himself in Cleveland. He does. On a team that has won one game over the last two seasons. <laughs> Jeez. He will be battling with Baker Mayfield. I don't care that Hugh Jackson yeah. said that he is the starter. It's Hugh Jackson. It, it doesn't matter. 
he actually could change his mind in an hour. Okay, if you were the coach of the Cleveland Browns, would you go with Tyrod Taylor week one, or would you say, you know what, if we see enough out of Mayfield in the preseason, we'll roll with the number one overall pick? Uh, I'm of two minds of it. One is more sane than the other one. The, 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 sane, mind, the sane mind. The sane mind says it's the Tyrod Taylor show 16 games this year. Ooh. Just keep Baker Mayfield on the bench. Let him watch. Tyrod Taylor's a good quarterback. Okay, he gets a bad rap for what happened in Buffalo, but that you know Sean McDermott and that offense never believed him, and they never gave him the type of system that he needed to really play to his strengths. He's a mobile guy. He kept plays alive. A lot of the reasons that they won was because he was able to keep plays alive, and he didn't turn the ball over. Okay, that's big. If he can do that in Cleveland, and he can show Baker Mayfield the ropes there. He can show Baker Mayfield, hey, I'm a guy that's like you. I, you know, people didn't believe in me. People said this about me. People said I wasn't going to make it. I wasn't given a fair shake, and I'm making something of it. That's an important lesson for Mayfield to learn. That's not necessarily X's and O's. And this is a guy that's coming into Cleveland, you know, with the crotch grab and everything like that. There's a lot of issues, questions, I guess, about whether or not he's going to be an issue. Uh, I would say it's the Tyrod Taylor show for 16 games. The unsane mind or the insane mind, whatever you want to go the with. The Hugh Jackson mind? The Hugh Jackson mind, um, the one that's going to be fired by Halloween, is Baker Mayfield's going to do something good in training camp in the preseason, and it's going to be, oh, you know, Russell Wilson, this is the same thing. You know, Pete Carroll went with Russell Wilson after they had just given, you know, Matt Flynn $8 billion <laughs> to be the starting quarterback. He was right, to be fair, but yes. And that's the thing. Pete Carroll... Hugh Jackson. Yeah. That is the variable there. I am going to believe that Pete Carroll, you know, analyzed that situation, really looked into it, and decided that, that Russell Wilson at the time was the right guy, and that was the right call. Hugh Jackson has zero faith that he can be – he can look at Baker Mayfield, identify him as the Russell Wilson-type starter, and make that call. I agree. Look, Hugh Jackson terrifies me yeah. here. The Browns have what feels like their 8,000 savior quarterback here. Yeah, it's just it's – just, my God, it keeps yeah. going, right? I think the Browns, I would have taken Darnold, but I do think Mayfield has a ton of upside. He could be a franchise guy, okay? If I was Cleveland, I would start Taylor until they are out of the playoff race. Now, that might be week seven, okay? Nothing against Cleveland. I think the roster's a lot better, but let's be honest, it's got a way to go. If they're two and five, mm. I got no problem with them starting Mayfield. Keep in mind, though, if Taylor's playing well, he's a trade asset. Cool. Like, you can move him. So, factor that in, too, okay? Maybe if they're seven games into the year and they stink, but Taylor's playing really well, maybe you flip him to a team that could really use a quarterback that's maybe surprisingly contending. Jacksonville. Yeah, my God, please. you imagine so, the irony of that? Yeah, so, somebody somebody <laughs> put portals on the bench. Um, but, yeah, right? Like, so, I, I think, you know, or maybe a team that has a hurt quarterback, yeah. something like that. That being said, I fully expect you, Jackson, to wait about a half into game. Yep. They play the Steelers and the Saints first two weeks of the year. They're going to go all in two. If they, if they win one of those games, that's incredible. And I would pick it to be against Pittsburgh. If, if Tyrod Taylor starts one of those games, 5 of 12, he's immediately going to the bench and they're going with Mayfield. Mm. If that happens, I would walk down onto the field if I was John Dorsey and fire Hugh Jackson on the spot. You cannot ruin this kid. I don't care what anybody says. They ruined Deshaun Kaiser before he even had a chance to be any good. Pull him in, put him in, pull him back out, put him back in, pull him back. If, if they go with Mayfield, then go with him. Mm-hmm. Play him. From, from the second he's inserted into the lineup, you play him for the rest of the year. None of this back and forth. I think Taylor starts week one, but I think because of Jackson, he'll be on a shorter leash than he should be. I really hope for Mayfield that they don't do that. 
But I expect that Hugh Jackson panics because he knows his job's on the line. And if they start out 0-2 or 1-4, he's going to make a panic move well before he should. Well, that's the thing. Like, not firing Hugh Jackson last offseason. Grave error. I don't, it, it, it hinders everything that you want to do. Because yeah, no matter what decision he makes with Baker Mayfield, with Tyrod Taylor, it's connected to, well, he's not going to be the coach here next year, so what's the big deal? So if he does go out there and puts Baker Mayfield in a spot where he can get ruined, he's not going to be the coach yeah, next okay. year. So I don't understand the keeping him around for another season. There's plenty of good candidates out there. Maybe they're just waiting for to hire Matt Lafleur next year, whom at this point I'm going to expect agent. some commission. I mean, you should be his <laughs> agent. Go. If Tennessee's <laughs> offense is like 30th ranked this year, I am going to just crush you. <laughs> we got oh, over this. You no, but listen, the point stands. And by the way, what is going on in the state of Ohio with these coaches? It's every year the NFL Jeez. guys get fired all the time. They're like, geez, I don't know if I would have fired that guy. Meanwhile, Marvin, Marvin Lewis, Lewis is going on year 48. <laughs> yeah. He's never won a playoff game. Hugh Jackson's won one game in two years. And the Browns are just mm. like, ah, you know what? He he probably, he's done all right. <laughs> what is going on? They, like, they literally, people forget the game they won was against the San Diego Chargers. Okay, team that doesn't even technically exist mm. anymore. And they only won that game because the kicker missed like eight field mm. goals. They could have easily gone 0 32 the last oh, yeah. two years that's why they moved the team <laughs> they, let's just call a space that was it. that's why they moved the team san diego had a stadium now. lined up and then they saw that game and said you know what we got better we, we can build a park oh, we're done man. but look, uh, to move on to another battle because mm-hmm. we're going to stick with the quarterbacks rookie quarterbacks let's face it those are the most intriguing ones mm-hmm. let's stay in the afc actually let's even let, let's stay with the jets because we, t- we just talked about darnold we have a three-headed monster there jeez don't yeah, that's right yeah the attack, right? It's Darnold, it's uh, Sam Darnold, it is Teddy Bridgewater, and it's Josh McCown. Mm-hmm. Now, McCown and Bridgewater are here for one year apiece on the current deals. Of course, Darnold is the actual savior, so yeah. to speak. He's going to be there for a long time. Do you think he starts week one? Do you think that they ease him in? No, they have to ease him in. Especially, and this is a situation Cleveland should be envious of, is you've got two really good quarterbacks ahead of Darnold. There's no need to start him. Go with McCown. Okay, you're paying him. He did well. You, I mean, you almost made the playoffs. You were in the, you were in the wild card chase with Josh McCown as the quarterback. And then you've got Bridgewater, who's a guy that can come in, kind of show Darnold a different side of things. A guy who had a lot of promise, who's going to be a franchise savior, and then suffered that horrific knee injury. Brutal sets him back. But this is another opportunity for Bridgewater to kind of you know you know punch in and bridge himself to his next job. Okay? Yeah. He, I think he's going to be a starter again. He's going to be at least a backup somewhere else next year. Maybe, unfortunately, that's where he's going to go. Is he's going to be a career backup. But, you know, Sage Rosenfels was a guy who nobody really talks about. That one year, Brett Favre was really, really good in Minnesota. The only year he was good in Minnesota, Rosenfels was the backup. And that was because they were going back and forth on the sideline. You got another guy, another smart, high IQ quarterback with eyes on the game, with eyes on a defense to help you out. Darnold has two of those guys. Okay, so that to me is really, really important to his development. What's not important is rushing him out there in a lost season because the Jets aren't competing. Let's be real. No, They're not I, competing. I agree with you. Uh, and, I, and I think actually the Jets are the most set up not to throw him into the fire. Right oh, now. yeah. I think the Jets, quite honestly, I would play Bridgewater because if, if you play Bridgewater and he's good. Get rid of him. Trade him. Trade him. Yeah. I mean, you could get something significant for him. He's a young guy, a former first-round pick, mm-hmm. like – if he proves he's healthy for half the season and he's really good, if you're the Jets, flip him. Mm-hmm. Then, then maybe, you part, maybe you put in Darnold at that point. Um, but I think- 
how do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. I think that's interesting. McCown is the perfect guy. He's a, he's a great guy. He's a really good leader. Uh, so I think, I think Darnold, of all the rookie quarterbacks, he's in the best spot. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I look for the Jets to bring him along slowly. One place I do not look for him to be brought along slowly is Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> because that could – look, I don't want to pile on here. I've, I've made my statements on, on this very clear. Josh Allen goes to the Bills. Forget, even, forget about the criticisms of Josh Allen. 56% completion rate at Wyoming in college. Okay, forget about all that. He is set up in a very rough situation yeah. if he starts. They have they have no veteran quarterback. A.J. McCarron's been in the league for four years, but he's been a career backup. I don't know how much knowledge he could pass on. Some, for sure, but maybe not a ton. Nathan Peterman, what does he pass on? How to throw five picks and a half? <laughs> I mean, that's his NFL experience. And their receivers are basically you, me, and a road cone. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a stat. Here's a, here's a stacking-the-box stat that I used in my column a long time ago, but I'll bring it back out. The Bills last year finished dead last in receiving yards for tight ends and receivers combined. They were horrendous. And you know what they did this year to buttress that? Nothing. It's old Charles Clay. It's borderline fat Calvin Benjamin. And it's a bunch of guys. It's Zay Jones. It's whoever else. Well, Sean McCoy, he's going through his own legal situation right now. We have no idea what's going on there. The Bills, even if he looks better than A.J. McCarron, they should start A.J. McCarron. Oh, yeah. For the year. Oh, yeah. Josh Allen so badly needs to sit for a year. My fear is he will start week one. And I think it'll be a disaster. I, I, I can't express how much. I would start Peterman. I don't yeah. care. I'm going to go 2-14. and 14. You are going to ruin that kid if you start him week one. That is my opinion. I will stick by it. I hope the Bills prove me wrong. I really do. But that is just a disaster of a situation for that kid in there. It is. And I think the counter to that might be Bills fans or Bills Mafia saying, well, look at Mitchell Trubisky. The Bears threw him into a just disaster of a situation last year. And he was bad. But now they've got a new coach. Now they've got kind of a future. The difference with that, though, is Sean McDermott's not getting fired after this season. He's not John Fox. So you can't throw Allen in a situation where he starts to you know, distrust the offensive system. You can't put him in a situation where the coaches say, hey, man, you've got this. You're the leader. Go in there. He loses. The media kills him. The fans kill him. And he looks at the coaching staff and says, what the hell? Like, you said that I was going to do good. You said that this was the right situation. I trusted you to do good by me, to do right by me. And you violated that trust. So that is a dangerous situation, I think, that the Bills coaching staff can't really toy with. It's one of those unseen things. You know, you always talk about the X's and O's. A lot has been made about his inaccuracies. I don't know about that. We need to see it against an NFL defense to really get a read of what he's going to be like. But the trust factor with him and McDermott, that was a trust that was violated last year between McDermott and Tyrod Taylor. Now they bring in Josh Allen because that was just an untenable situation. I just fear that this Bills coaching staff doesn't know what they're doing with their quarterbacks. And that's unfortunate for Josh Allen because maybe in the right system, maybe if he would have went to New England or somewhere, he, where he could sit, where he could be a guy who was learning from an offensive coaching staff he can trust, it would be different. Buffalo, unfortunately, it's feet to the fire. Well, and I'll go on a quick aside here because I think you bring up a very important point. I firmly believe, and I don't think I'm alone in this, 
that in the NFL, when you get drafted, it is so much about where you get drafted. Everybody's talented. Unless you just pick a complete disaster like Jamarcus Russell. Everybody, everybody's got talent. Yeah. In the NFL, it's about where you go mm-hmm. and the situation you fall into, the coach you have, the players around you. And I'm not bringing this guy up because he plays in Kansas City, but I think it's a, it's a good example of this. Patrick Mahomes goes to Cleveland. That's a train wreck. Mm-hmm. He's not coached properly. He's thrown in immediately. He, he's never set up for success. He goes to Kansas City. Sammy Watkins is his third option, and he's got Andy Reid, and he sat behind Alex Smith all year last year. You couldn't ask for a better situation. Mm-hmm. The Trubisky thing, I think, is a really interesting point. With Trubisky last year, I think everybody said, not a high ceiling, but a, but a high floor, mm-hmm. right? Maybe like an Andy Dalton type, but maybe a little better. You bring him into that situation last year, I don't think they should have, and he didn't play particularly well if you look at the stats. But the thing with Trubisky is I think at least he was a little bit more polished. Yeah. He played in a big-time conference. He, he looked the part. Allen played in the whack mm-hmm. and was completing 56% of his throws. He's not ready to come in and play in the NFL yet. I just I, I fear that that is going to be a disaster. I really do. I hope I'm wrong for both the kid and the team. Lastly, and we'll wrap up here, the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, Josh Rosen and Sam Bradford. I'm going to go out on a limp. Josh Rosen starting week one. I love how we're not even mentioning Mike Lennon. We're not mentioning he has, the man is a giraffe. Yeah. Uh, we're not mentioning Michael Lennon unless you'd like to bring him up. No. Uh, yeah, I figured you still have PTSD Ooh, from that, that experience yeah. in Tampa. Uh, look, I actually think Bradford would win the job because he's a confident quarterback, but he'll get hurt because mm-hmm. he's always hurt. They have him for one year. They have nothing invested in him long term. I think the Cardinals understand they're probably not a playoff team. Yeah. Mostly because, frankly, that, that conference is so tough. Rosen, I like the situation he's in. Okay, he comes in with a new head coach. He's a defensive-minded head coach, but still they've got some nice offensive assistance there. And Larry Fitzgerald, you couldn't have a better guy. I know he's not a quarterback, but Bradford's that veteran guy. Fitzgerald's going to bring him along. They've got David Johnson, who's one of the best running backs in the league, and catch the ball to the backfield. I I like Rosen a lot there. This is, again, a situation where if he went to Buffalo, Mm -hmm. I'd be sweating bullets for for Josh Rosen. I think it's a great situation he went to the Cardinals, and I think he'll start sooner rather than later. He's also out in the desert. Which is something else that you kind of – it's not a lot of media. those things. Everybody's going to be talking about Josh Allen because he plays in Buffalo, which isn't, you know, a New York, Chicago, big market, but it's a big fan base, and all their games are at noon, okay? Nobody – you know, Josh, Josh Rosen is going to be sitting on the bench at the 4.15 Eastern time starts, you know? Yep. Nobody's going to be watching him. He's going to command attention, and he's going to command respect because he earns that because he's out there. And that's a benefit to him right now because there's not a whole lot of eyes on him to criticize. There's not a whole lot of eyes saying, oh, what's he doing? Why isn't he starting? Why is he making this mistake? He's in a perfect situation. He's a smart guy. I mean, we talked about it coming into the draft, about how teams don't like it because he knows how to read. So <laughs> The knock on him literally going into the draft was he's smart. Yeah. I'll take that knock from oh, Arizona. Big time. So and he's not going to, you know, media savvy I don't know about that with the whole draft thing but again he's out in the middle of nowhere doesn't matter so he's going to bring Arizona to the rest of the country it's not going to be the rest of the country and the rest of the football the general public going to him wondering what's going on he's going to we're going to start hearing his name again when he's earning that when he's starting to come out and be the guy in Arizona and for now he's going to kind of lay in the weeds sit behind Sam Bradford honestly if Sam Bradford gets hurt I'd start Mike Glennon because oh. you're not going anywhere you oh. can get another high draft oh pick. my god oh, just lean all the way into they it. have like 30 fans <laughs> you got to build up that fan base oh yeah just lean all the way into it but then you know you get another high draft pick he gets another year and then Don't get that draft pick all right you talk oh about my god. and the, the, my, my main reason for this and it might be controversial is 
he was so pissed off that what nine guys went before him because he went tenth overall. He went where Oakland was picked. Yes. Yeah, tenth overall. So he was so mad that nine guys went before him. Can you imagine the fire in his belly if Mike Glennon starts over him? It will be an inferno. Yeah, I want to light that fire if I'm if I'm the Cardinals. I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that I can see that fire being lit. Oh, my God. If they went with Mike Lennon, <laughs> that would be unbelievable. Everybody out there would be picketing. Uh, um, my God, yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, we, of course, we, look, we didn't bring up Omar Jackson and Joe Flacco simply because I think it's Flacco's job. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's – I actually think they should go with Jackson at some point because they just need to invigorate that offense. But, unfortunately for them, Flacco signed for 20-some-odd million dollars. Yeah. They're not going to sit him. There's still a team that can make a wild card run. So and maybe even a divisional run in that division. Who knows? So Flacco will play. Jackson will sit a year, I would imagine. Um, but and, and lastly, we have to say uh, thank you to our sponsors, Fanatics. Indeed. Right? Fanatics, if you go to fanside.fanatics.com, you can get all your gear. Come on. It's training camp. What are you waiting for? It's time. Go get your jerseys. Got my Marcus Peters jersey coming in the, <laughs> in the mail. It's a silent protest. It cost me some money, but not as much money as it could have because I used the code fansided and you save 20% on shipping so what are you waiting for go get your stuff fanatics they deliver they do everything right uh and we're, we're so proud to have them as a partner so that being said any closing thoughts on our training camp primer football is back and i'm really excited about I'm it just, i'm just ready for football to finally matter again <laughs> instead of just chasing storylines here so for josh hill i am matt verdam thank you so much for watching here on facebook live if you commented thank you even more so uh, we will be back again next. Actually, next Monday, I will. I will be here. I will be here not two weeks uh, from now. So I apologize. I was thinking about my vacation. Uh, As you do. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. We'll be back next Monday, one o'clock Eastern, right here on Fansided's Facebook Live page. And of course, check us out on iTunes at the Stack in the Box Podcast. Please subscribe. Download all the episodes. Shoot us a, a tweet, an email. Get a hold of us. We'd love to hear back from you. Uh, any and all feedback and questions are welcome. We're happy to answer them. So, for Josh Hill, I am Matt Verdam. Thank you so much for watching and enjoy your week with football. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.